So in a few moments, we're going to have a ceremony with uh, some young people who have been working with Mike Gromus for two years, or two, two people. Who are the two people who are going to be that young lady? And who's the other person? That young lady. Okay, we have two. Oh, we have three? No. Oh, two. Okay. <laughs> we have two. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, so I tell you what, why don't you two girls stand up for a moment? So let me ask you, did you listen to the gospel reading that I just read? Where was Jesus? Where did Jesus end up? We were talking about Jesus and what he did. You remember where he was? Nope. He was in the desert. You had to sit down. So first of all, the gospel begins with a kind of a reassurance that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he was well armed to confront evil. And we know that that's important, unfortunately, right now. What's going on in the Ukraine? How important it is that those people be well armed. So let's take a look at what the scripture readings that lead up to the gospel. So in the first reading, what we have is we have Moses, who has been, who has led the people out of Egypt, wandered around in the desert. They come all the way to the point of entering the promised land. And because Moses doubted, as you remember the story, God said, you're not going to enter the promised land. Sorry about that. So what Moses does is he gathers the people together and he says to them, don't forget how you got here. Remember your roots. You were a migrant people. You were rejected every place you went. And now you're going to enter into a promised land and it's not because you earned it. It's a grace. It's a gift. And never forget that. And so it is that the context of the first reading is, as it says, Moses spoke to the people saying, the priest shall receive the basket from you and shall set it in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Because it was going to be a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So it's important that these two young ladies always remember who they are, that the gift of faith came from people that surrounded them, and that they always want to be thankful. And that's true for each and every one of us. It's so important that we maintain our roots. So we are blessed with people from many different cultures in this parish, and how important it is that we hold on to those roots. Because if you get cut off from the roots, you die. So then we have today's second reading. And in today's second reading, Paul is writing in the Romans, and just this one, the last verse, uh, that we heard. 
For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's so important. And again, that we recognize that all is grace. That if we call on the name of the Lord in faith, we will be saved. Then we have Jesus, the temptations in the desert. And if you stop to think about it, what's really going on is that Jesus is saying no to the desert, to the desert, to the devil. He's saying, I'm not going to be captured by what you offer. So he says, first of all, I'm not going to turn the stone into bread. I refuse to be stuck by physical comfort. Then the devil says, worship me. You'll have all the power and the glory. And Jesus says, I refuse to hold on to a false promise of power. And then he's taken up to the parapet of the temple. And Jesus says, I refuse to be confused as to where my God is. My God is not a God who asks, or I don't need to ask my God to prove himself. I refuse to get into that. And so Lent, in many ways, is a process of letting go as much as it is doing things. That's what Jesus did in those temptations, right? He let go of some stuff. He let go of the need to, to that physical, uh, the need to turn a stone into a bread. It, he, he let go of things. So a story that I've used before that uh, I like to use again because uh, uh, priests and preachers have uh, done these studies, and we know that if, if you only use a story once every six years, people have forgotten it, so you can use it again. So it has to do with the ring-tailed monkey. And the ring-tailed monkey is one of the most difficult animals to capture and to take to a zoo. But the Zulu people, who live very close connection with the ring-tailed monkey population, well, they've studied and watched and they know that the ring-tailed monkey is fascinated, just loves the seeds of a melon that grows on a tree. And so what the Zulu people do is they cut just a small little hole in the melon, just big enough so that the monkey can get its hand into the melon and grab some of those seeds that it loves so much. That's what it does. It makes such a big handful of seeds that it can't get its hand back out. And as much as it struggles, it can't get away because it refuses to let go of what, it fascin what fascinates it so much, what it loves so much. And because it struggles and it, and, it, and it pulls and it tugs, 
but it still doesn't get away. The Zulu people come along and take the monkey, send it off to the zoo. What Lent is, is not just doing things. Lent is ultimately, ultimately about letting go of things. Because as you cross the desert, a very difficult trek across the desert, a lot of times you can map where the person has crossed by the things that have been jettisoned. I don't need that. That slows me down. Lent, then, is a time for us to reflect on what holds us captive. It might be a resentment. It might be a false idea about a group of people. It might be about a sense that what I really need to do is to be awake and work more so that I can give my family what they need when indeed what they need is me. There are all these things that in the process of living life, we recognize we gotta let go. Because if not, guess who captures us? And so Lent, my friends, is this process that we follow Jesus into the desert. We follow his example of letting go, of not being captured, of being free, so that we can say we do know who our God is.